0: Welcome to Anything But Routine presented by Just For Kicks. This podcast covers everything and anything dance. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Hey, everybody, before we start this podcast with Dave Sanchez, I just need to say the information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available on this site are for general informational purposes only. Information on this podcast may not constitute the most up to date legal or other information. Podcast listeners should contact their own attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this site are hereby expressly disclaimed. The content on this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. So, Dave, what I wanted to interview you about, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this, is just anything in general that um, studios should be concerned about or dance high school coaches with liability and that type of thing when it comes to both COVID and regularly. You're an attorney. Maybe you should tell a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure, indeed. So, yes, uh, I, I am a lawyer. I am also one of the founders of Dance Team Union, which is a dance competition company. Um, my legal practice is not necessarily with respect to these issues of waivers, but obviously it's an issue we face at Dance Team Union, as a lot of other Studio and competition companies face.
0: And your company, um, boy, it's really been on the rise and has been doing quite well. And it, it seems like in a, quite a short time, you guys have. Um, you're with Sarah, right? In Kansas.
1: So I'm actually in California.
0: You're in California, um, but you're in business yes. with Sarah, right? With she's in Kansas, correct?
1: Yes, I'm in business with Sarah, and uh, our offices are actually in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Oh wow, you're all over. You guys are so. Yep. Yeah, and, and I've noticed your competitions are really starting to take, you know, grow and um, really get some recognition. So that's neat because I, I love seeing some more companies around rather than just so few, you know. So. Well,
1: thank you. <clears throat> and, yeah. And I will say, as I say, as I said before, we've been a long time, I've personally been a long time admirer of Dusty Chicks and I know many others in our organization as well,
0: so. Well, thank you. Um, and it's it's really neat when we pull together and, and try to just help each other. And one of the things I've been hearing so much lately is studios are just concerned. You know, they think they feel kind of alone out there. Like, what do we do when we go back? Um, can we get sued by parents if a if a child gets COVID at our studio? And I mean, I, I know you can get sued for anything, right? <laughs>
1: Sure. But I think it's a fair question. And, and, and I, you know, one thing that most studios and competitions do and, and certainly parents are used to seeing is waivers. Um, so I think it's a good time for anybody to kind of pull out their existing waivers and examine what they look like, you know, both from an owner perspective, but also, you know, to be fair, from one of your customers perspective as well. Um, to, to look at what you're asking people to read and, and so that you also that you have an understanding of how you are protected and how you're not protected. And
0: you, do you feel it'd be a good idea to have an attorney look at your waiver?
1: Um, yes. I mean, it, 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 you can, you know, it's always good to have an attorney look at your waiver if you can. Um, however, this is something that you know. if you can't have an attorney, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't look at it on your own because generally speaking, what a waiver does is just transfers reasonable liability onto the participant. And, and so what I mean by that is if, if, if you're in the position of being a customer and signing a waiver, you don't have to worry that you're signing your life away because there are some things that a waiver will never cover. Like a, a, a waiver cannot you cannot give up your right to sue, for example, for illegal discrimination, uh, illegal harassment, or if the competition or studio owner is you know willfully or grossly negligent
0: oh right yeah that's and, and, and you know waivers generally they're more of a deterrent, in my opinion, and I'm definitely not a lawyer, but more of a, a deterrent than you know. I, I've heard a lot of times that they don't always hold up, right? Or is that not right? It's true.
1: No, it's very true. But but you know, so from a from a business owner's perspective, I mean, you know, you you just are essentially the approach is to be fair and honest with your with your customers, which is. You know we we cannot take potential liability for everything that may go wrong um, because there are a lot of things that are under your control when you know as a dancer in a studio or as a competitor um, and then there are there are certain things that are sort of obviously under our control and so it's the former things that it's fair for 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 somebody to to waive liability on like we cannot. To possibly be responsible for everything that a dancer does. At the same time, there are some baseline things that we obviously take care of.
0: Right. I mean, I think parents have to assume that you're going to be as safe as possible. You're going to take all protocol necessary to, you know, ensure that you're as safe as as humanly possible and but you're right. Some of it comes back to the dancer cuz not all the dancers will follow your protocol always. So, right.
1: And, and so in the in the context of like Covid nineteen, for example, I think most studios and competitions are going to look to their local health regulations to see what is required for a business owner and can take comfort in the fact that if they do those things, um, they are very unlikely to, to be sued. Um, however, if they don't do any of those things, and then let I me mean, just take a extreme example—it's not necessarily plausible—but you know, say that the the gym that you're having a competition in was being used as a extra hospital space for COVID patients, and you didn't tell people that—you know, those are the kinds of things that would be extreme that could potentially open up to liability. But the fact, if you take the the reasonable precautions, particularly as outlined by local health experts and you ask a parent to sign a waiver that they're not going to sue you if their kid gets a disease based on the fact that you have you know taken these reasonable steps that is a very fair in my opinion uh share of the burden of responsibility it doesn't mean that no one is going to get sick because they still might um but it it does it does absolve your responsibility because you've taken steps that are reasonable
0: well that's good to know and with your competitions, did you see a big, I mean, did you have to be canceling and whatnot this year like the rest of us?
1: So uh, our competition season, you know, predated most of this because our largest competition was in February. Um, we, we have canceled camps, um, particularly, you know, group camps. And like a lot of folks, that was e- even driven by the venues where we were going to have them where they, you know, we would have canceled anyway, but they also... Made it clear that they did not think that the event could happen. Safely. Yeah,
0: we had that same thing happen. Like we, you know, they, they didn't want to take on the risk, the various campuses right. where we held the camp. So, yeah. And then when you find out you can only have nine kids together in some of the situations, you're like, well, we're not going to make it on nine kids out of bringing in a big camp. So, but your big right. event was in February. So you dodged it with that. So that's good, at least. Yes. Yeah, we were definitely lucky with that. That's good.
1: That's good. So, well, sure. I mean, just one other thing on on waivers, and particularly when you're looking at it from both perspectives, is that in order to be effective, they they have to be plain language and they have to be clear. So, um, you know, as a business owner, you should have this as a separate document, uh, not you know in tiny font at the bottom of a contract that you that you otherwise are having people sign. Um, this should be something that's very clear. And it should be worded in plain language so that it's easy for somebody to understand.
0: Like the average um, parent rather than you don't, you know, because sometimes you read those and they're so legal that, that the average person can't understand it.
1: Correct. And and so that's, you know, to your earlier question of should I have a lawyer do it or not? I mean, actually, one of the advantages sometimes of drafting this initially by yourself is that you're much more likely to use language that is understandable
0: oh that's true um, yeah well i i took one a lawyer look at it after but but it's yeah. Well, anyone listening, I took a, uh, off the internet, I took a sample waiver for COVID-19 and just copied it and put, you know, our Just for Kicks in there. And then I had an attorney look at it and and she said, oh, it looks all good. So I have that on my computer if anyone wants to email me and get that. You could just change out the name and that would save people a lot of hassle. But it's very generic, you know, but it, it tries to cover all the various things. So I'd be willing to share that.
1: And then I think the other thing is, like, as a parent or a customer, from from that perspective, you know, a lot of times you were handed this waiver right before an event. It's not really plausible for you to negotiate it. Um, But certainly if you're, like, a longtime customer, uh, you know, we would encourage folks to, to reach out and say, hey, like, you know, yeah, we're signing this waiver now, but for the future we would like to see these types of changes or we have this, you know, this kind of input, um, I think that's always helpful. You know, it, it, it it's a lot of times not practical for somebody to actually negotiate a waiver, certainly not an individual participant, but these are the things that can be evaluated and changed over time.
0: Right, because you so, would not want to do it right before they're coming into something because they'd feel pressured and then, you know. Right. Um, Also, here's a question. You said it had to be a separate document. Could somebody that did online registration for an event have it as a, you read it and it's a checkbox for the event? Would that hold weight?
1: So, you know, so basically when I say it had to be a separate document, it's generally better if it's a separate document. And the, the things you're always considering are, is it, is someone meaningfully looking at this. So I think we've all experienced, you know, you sign onto an app or something and they have like 60 pages of, you know, legalese that you scroll down to and click okay. And you don't even Um, read it, right? Right. And so this is going to be less likely to hold up. If you have a short um, waiver language that, you know, requires a click box, you know, it's a separate page and it requires a separate click box. I mean, that's going to be much more effective than, you know, 40 pages um, buried into an otherwise long document.
0: So less is more in this case. That's good. That's good for all of us to know. So, <clears throat> well, I appreciate you taking your time and you're on the road and you pulled over to talk to us. So I really f- appreciate it. And it's just nice chatting with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. And, and thanks for asking. And-, and again, thank you for doing this. I think it's a very important yeah, you're reaching out to folks and, and giving this kind of um, feedback.
0: Well, thank you. And I hope our paths cross again soon, maybe at the um, the Dance Coaches Association thing in Vegas next year. That would be great. Not Vegas, it's Nashville, right?
1: It's going to be in Nashville, yes. That'll be, be great.
0: Be All right. Well, take care, David. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cindy. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Anything But Routine podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a 5-star rating. For more Anything But Routine content, go to JustForKicks.com slash AnythingButRoutine.